We never do vocal warm-ups. No. We should do some unique New York. <laughs> unique New York. Do I actually do the facial expression mm-hmm. you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> unique I New wasn't York. doing it like yes, I was a gremlin. <laughs> I was smiling. I was being all happy. And then you made it look like uh, and, and a creepy innkeeper with a stroke. <laughs> like, unique New York. That's not what I sounded like. No, but that was what the face was. Oh, that's nice. A big black bug bit a big black bear. Oh. She sells. She sells. No way. (laughs) (laughs) Is it all just tongue twisters? There's like vocal warm-ups they do. Sometimes they're saying, success and death are both but illusions. Isn't that one? Is that? I don't know. You've done more theater than I have. Noam Chomsky loves grilled cheese sandwiches. Is that a I think that's a common one people say a lot. (laughs) Really? Bed bugs beget bygones. I don't think that's anything. I don't think anybody's ever said that before. (laughs) Should this be the opening and we just do a podcast now? Yeah. Hey, do you want to do a podcast? Yeah, I guess. Cool. Take it away. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too, a podcast which includes Indy Randawa and me, Samantha Randawa. Two Randawas for the price of one. Well, how much is the price of one? Free. Mm, so then how much is the price of two? Million. A million dollars? Yeah. But they're getting it for the price of one, so it's free. Yeah. Oh, you guys are lucky. It's a good deal. It's almost a million dollars. Yeah. Whoa. We here at I Love This, You Should Too are proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. Hi, Indy. Hi. (laughs) You just come in? Yep. Fancy seeing you here at our kitchen table. (laughs) Yes. Where we spend most of our time. At the kitchen table? Well, no, we usually... No, we like, don't eat any meals here. <laughs> no, like next to the kitchen table. Yeah, around the kitchen. Yeah, by the kitchen. This is my my home, is yes. the kitchen. Yeah. Your home is the... Bed. Yeah, your home is the bed. Yeah. My home is the kitchen. Yeah. That's where we spend our time. Yeah. Well, today we are each going to have a quick little thing of the week, and then I'll let you know what we're watching for our big watch, which will be next week when we really analyze something, and you know how... We love getting into that deep analysis. Let's thank our first sponsor of the episode, and that is the Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you can be calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online anytime on any device, making it easier for them and for you. To learn more and explore your options, you can visit them at ab.bluecross.ca. So, Indy, it's your week this week. My week. Woo! Woo. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, And uh, would you like to start us off with what you're into this week? Yes. (laughs) My thing of the week is the musician Mulatu Estatke.
so this is a song of his called Tizetta. And you'll have to forgive, I have no basis of Ethiopian pronunciation. So, um, this might all be very wrong. Seems hard. Yeah. But that translates roughly to nostalgia. And I get that this music isn't for everyone. And it might feel um, old-timey or maybe just, like, you know, weird to you. But, now follow me here. And I know I'll probably sound like I'm high, but I'm not. Yet. (laughs) (laughs) I just wish that everyone could try to listen to music completely out of context. Like outside of what you're used to, or what you normally like to listen to, or what you hear every day, or who any of these musicians are, or what types of music have like certain meanings to you. Because I think if you listen to this kind of music without any preconceptions, like Frankly, I don't see how you couldn't just love it. Yeah. Because it just sounds so beautiful to mm-hmm. me. Um, it's very, like, soft and jazzy. Yeah. Which is nice. Like, I appreciate that. And I think it's more interesting than, like, something that would be playing in the background at, like, a store. Oh, oh I, I think it is better than yeah. that, too. But there's this, um, I don't even know what characteristic this has to it. That makes it better than a lot of like jazz to me. There's something that just um, evokes the idea of like a real lived-in world. It doesn't feel uh, pristine. It feels cozy in a way. Okay. So let's listen to another song. This one is called Yakermosu, and I think that translates to a man of experience and wisdom. Oh, okay. Mulatu Estake was born in Ethiopia, in the city of Jima, in 1943. And his family sent him to Wales, and he was going to learn engineering at a college. But instead, he started just studying music and got a degree in music instead of doing any of that stuff that his family wanted him to do. Oh, okay. (laughs) And then he went on to live in the United States, and that's where he kind of got more into a lot of the Latin jazz. And that's where he recorded his first two albums, which were called Afro-Latin Soul, Volumes 1 and 2, in New York City in 1966. And he worked on combining the more Latin-influenced jazz with uh, traditional Ethiopian music and creating something kind of new. And he brought that sound back home in the early 70s, and he called it Ethio Jazz. And he started making albums and recording them back at home, too. Hmm. Is it a blending of more than just jazz? Well, I'm sure there's lots of other influences because the jazz that he kind of borrows from is already Latin inspired. So mm. that is already a combination of the kind of more American jazz that we know with a lot of different Caribbean influences. Right. And then he's taking that and then also mixing in a lot of that Ethiopian stuff. Cool. So it's like a, a real mishmash. <laughs> it's the official I think that's the technical term, yeah. term is that it's a, a real, real mishmash. mishmash. Yeah. So this song is called Yegele Tazada, or My Own Memory. It sounds like nice montage music. 
I think it's like so cool. Yeah. It's like the epitome of cool. If I ever get to star in a 1970s PI movie and I'm walking down the grimy streets of New York in my leather jacket and uh, I assume my, my shirt would be open too much. You know, right. It's Vacation indie. No, it's 70s indie. It's oh, very 70s different. Indie. Because I have, I'll have full pants. Right. But that are flared at the bottom. Right. This would be what's playing. Yeah, I could see that. Someone who's like on a mission. This is walking music when you have a mission. It is. Cool mission. I know where I'm going. And it's cool. It is very cool. Yeah. So um, check out his stuff. He is actually still making music. But like with so many musicians of the time, I prefer their stuff from like pre-77. Mm-hmm. You know how me, I just love all the music from the 70s. It's you so do. good. Japanese Inca music, soul and funk in the US, rock from England, the Zamrock from Zambia. Right. And jazz from Ethiopia. The early 70s were just good music all over the place. Magical. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, if I can suggest one album of his, it would probably be the one that's just called Ethio Jazz from 1974. Mm-hmm. But like with a lot of musicians of the time and who aren't recording in um, like the US or the UK, it can be a little hard to find some of their stuff. So a lot of his music is available in compilations. There's one called The Story of Ethio Jazz, 1965 to 1975. That one is very good. I think it has all of the songs that we listen to today. Hmm. Or there is this very extensive compilation called Ethiopic, which is I think it's like eight volumes of Ethiopian music from oh, different wow. times. And volume four is my favorite. And that one is called Ethio Jazz and instrumental music 1969 to 1974 and of the songs on there i think all except for two are from mulatu astatke so you can uh hear a bunch of his songs on there too so go check them out because that's my thing of the week yeah if you ever need some like good strutting music that sounds yeah or some good chillin music yeah a lot, I think a lot of this music is good beach music, too. Oh, beach. Yeah, it would be good beach. Well, how about you, Samantha? What's your thing of the week? Um, My thing of the week is a book. It's called With You All the Way by Cynthia Hand. And I got a recommendation on this book on TikTok. It just kind of came up and someone was like, this is a really good book. You should read it. And so I did. So clearly it worked on me. <laughs> did, they, did you let them know? Uh, no, I don't actually remember who the person's profile that actually recommended it. It was me. Was it? No, I don't know what TikTok is really. I like. I kind of know, but I don't really know. Yeah. Um. So it is about a 16-year-old girl named Ada, and she is kind of going through some typical 16-year-old girl things, like her boyfriend just like they just broke up. Um. She's thinking about losing her virginity. Her sister seems very perfect and like untouchable when things go wrong. And she uh, is very kind of frustrated with her whole situation as only a 16-year-old person can be. (laughs) This sounds like a lot of the books I read so far. Because I read um, a healthy mix of 
coming of age teenage stories because of work mostly and yeah. just because I like them and grizzled old man stories. Whoa. I don't really do the in between. This is not a grizzled old man story. No, but it's a teenage maybe coming of age story. Yeah. So um, Ada's mom is a famous heart surgeon. Her dad is a nurse. So they work really crazy hours and uh, they get to go on a family vacation every year, which is also a conference that her mom attends. And so this year it's to Hawaii and Ada's just gone through a really messy breakup with her boyfriend and is ready to kind of just like leave everything behind. Um, and go on this vacation. And um, when they get there, Ada suspects that her mom's having an affair. Um, she feels her sister is like pulling away from her and they can't have their usual sister bonding time. And um, Ada decides that if everyone's doing their own thing, she's going to do her own thing. And she kind of makes a sex plan with a sex plan. Uh, with the son of one of the other doctors. Oh. And so it's kind of funny. Um, this book isn't... You know how some young adult books are like very adult and deal with things like like a 20-year-old would deal with them? Mm -hmm. This felt very 16 because there was a lot of like, oh, I Googled it. Or like... Is this a book targeted at 16-year-olds? I think so. Okay. And it's more realistically 16. There's not like a worldliness that other books have mm -hmm. for 16-year-olds, like Gossip Girl, where they're all like going out and drinking martinis every night. Is that what happens in there? Yeah. <laughs> so this is like really nice. It's really kind of not innocent might be the wrong word, but it's very age appropriate. Sure. For like a 16 year old girl. And she has like her first alcohol. She gets like really upset in that way that only people who are like super hormonal can get. And um, it's really interesting to kind of see the family relationships change as Ada kind of discovers what's going on in everyone else's lives. Interesting. I don't want to give it away, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I really enjoyed this one. It was a fun kind of beachy read. It's set in Hawaii. Was it for the beach, too? Yeah. Well, maybe all of our stuff is beach stuff. Um. So, yeah. So it's kind of like a little vacation in a book because it's set in Hawaii. Oh, that should be the blurb on it. A little vacation in a book. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's... Definitely, like, the way that Cynthia Hand describes everything and everything, you can kind of get the feeling of this resort and how um, a lot of the time Ada is really mad because the resort is so big, it takes so long to get anywhere. So she's, like, grumpy about having to walk a bunch. And so it's it's very 16-year-old girl, and uh, it was a very kind of heartwarming read. Were you reading it just this week? Yes. Oh, I was reading all books about 16-year-old girls, too. I know you were. But I don't, they never overlap somehow. No. You know what? In the next, one of the next couple of uh, things of the weeks, I'll do Indies picks for 16-year-old girls because I read a lot of those. Yeah, <laughs> you read a bunch of graphic novels this week. Oh, I could just do Mariko Tamaki. She's so good. You, like, I looked over. We were, like, out at... Um, the cabin, I guess. And uh, I looked over and you looked like emotional about your book. Mariko Tamaki, yeah. she's so good. That's a special book that makes you like emotional. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. So if you're looking for a fun kind of light read. A beach read. A beach read. uh, You can read With You All the Way by Cynthia Hand. It was just published March 30th in 2021. um, And so you should be able to find it pretty much everywhere. Oh, and if you think it's really good, you should nominate it for the next year YRCA. Oh, yeah. And then you'll have to read it. So our second sponsor of the episode is Pod Power. And with Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation, is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to Is This For Real? Is This For Real is a podcast about various facets of black life in Edmonton. In the first season of the show, Breaking the Blue Wall, host Omar Salafu explores anti-black racism and policing and tells, tells stories about policing in schools, accountability in Alberta's policing system, and the impacts of police violence on black Edmontonians. You can listen to the podcast and read more about each episode at isthisforreal.ca. And you can also support the work of these podcasters and future seasons on Patreon. Awesome. I haven't listened to that podcast in quite some time, I must admit, but I do follow uh, it on Instagram ah. and I like a lot of the stuff they're putting out there. So I think just based on that, I can recommend it, right? Yes, I think so. Okay, Indy, it's time. What are we going to be watching for next week? Let me ask you first, though, when you think of not your favorite movie of all time, mm-hmm. but what when people talk about the best movies of all time, what movies come to mind? The Sound of Music. Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's one of my favorite movies for sure. Sure. Very good. Um, in like the grand scheme of the world, do you ever hear of like, oh, well, the best movie of all time is, is there agreed upon best movie? Maybe like Scarface? What? I don't know. I'm just thinking about like big movies. I don't think I have one though. Maybe we should do Scarface instead. I'd love to talk about Scarface. I think Scarface is a three-time watch. You watch Scarface three times to get it. You watch it the first time and you're like, whoa, this is crazy. And I watched it when I was like 16 and I thought that was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and I really liked it. And then I watched it again when I was like 21 and you're like, oh, this is over the top nonsense. (laughs) And then you watch it a third time when you're older and you're like, I get it. The -the over-the-top nonsense is a mirror for his own excesses and the excess of the 80s, of the drug culture and everything like that. So Scarface, you need to like watch it three times over years to fully appreciate it, I think. Okay. But I've never heard anyone, people who love Scarface and have Scarface posters, I've never heard anyone say it's the best movie ever, but that's that's a I don't know. I was just thinking about like big movies that have big followings. Well, I was trying to lead you into saying Citizen Kane so I could be like... I don't know that I ever would have gotten there. (laughs) I thought... So I thought, and I think a lot of the world believes, that even if you don't think it is the best movie of all time, it is regarded as the best movie ever made. Okay. Many people think that Samantha doesn't, and people she knows don't. Apparently not. (laughs) Have you heard of Citizen Kane? I've heard of it. Okay. Do you know anything about it? No. I don't really know anything about Scarface either. (laughs) (laughs) Scarface, the one you're probably thinking of, is actually a remake. You're probably thinking of the Al Pacino movie from, I think it was like 83? Probably. Sweet soundtrack. But there was an earlier one with, I think, Paul Muni. It's like from the late 30s, early 40s, maybe. Okay. Man, I really want to do Scarface now. (laughs) Um, But Citizen Kane, what does it conjure anything in your mind? 
Is it black and white? It is. Okay. It makes me think black and white movie. Okay. <laughs> is there like a big bald guy in it? Um, or maybe someone wearing a hat. There might be. Some, there <laughs> might be. I, uh, there might be a hat in it. <laughs> okay. Well, those are. There my might guesses. be a big bald guy. I'm trying to think. There's. It's about a man, and it's through the years. So I don't know if at the end if he uh, is bald or not. I can't remember. Or if he wears a hat. At any I think point. he does wear a hat at some point. Okay. I think actually on the uh, the Criterion Collection. DVD that I have, he is wearing a hat on the cover. Okay, well then that's what I was thinking. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Or are you just thinking of any black and white movie because everyone wore hats then? Yeah, probably that. You're probably correct. <laughs> Tell me more about this you movie. Might be thinking, you're probably thinking of Miller's Crossing. I don't know what Miller's Crossing is. It just has hats in it. Okay. You're probably thinking of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I also don't know that movie. Yeah, lots of hats. Okay. Maybe it's The Searchers. <laughs> <laughs> Again, listing all hat movies. <laughs> okay. Um, do you know anything about Rosebud? Alberta? No, no, Rosebud. No, I don't know anything about that. Well, that's fun. It was like when our first episode, you didn't know the twist in the Sixth Sense. Yeah. And it's some things are so ubiquitous that like he was dead the whole time. Oh, don't tell them. They might not know. This is a spoiler zone. Right now. No, it's not. This episode isn't. Oh, sorry. Next episode is. And only for the movie we talk about. <laughs> okay. But you know what? They've had it long enough. Yeah. Go listen to our second episode. It was like two we and can... a half years ago. Three and a half years ago. No, it came out in 1999. No, I mean, since they've been listening to the show. Oh, it, uh, since we podcasted. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you should listen to every episode. <laughs> Obviously. Um, But what was I saying? Citizen Kane. They wear hats. You are kind of lucky that you know nothing because there are a lot of expectations. I probably shouldn't have said that it's regarded as the best movie ever made because what bigger expectation is there than that? No, that's the biggest one. I don't think I agree. I've only seen it once and that was about 15 years ago. Hmm. I think it is a very good movie and a very important movie, but it's hard to judge best movie ever made. I can only kind of talk about my favorite movie mm-hmm. ever made. And best, I might go Godfather over this, but you know. Oh, that was the one that I was thinking, not Scarface, the Godfather. Oh, they both have Pacino. Okay, that's why I got them confused. Yeah. Yeah. I think Godfather is a better movie than Scarface, but they're both a lot of fun. Okay. Anyway, back to Citizen Kane. <laughs> back to Scarface. <laughs> so it came out in 1941. Mm-hmm. Uh, well-reviewed, did not do well in the box office, lost money and Hmm. stuff. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, People love to talk about that, like, oh, did you know everyone hated it when it came out? But now we think it's the best movie ever. Wow, people back then were dumb. That's not really how it went. It was very, very well-reviewed and was nominated for, like, six or seven Oscars or something. Oh, wow. Didn't do particularly well because it didn't win much. And when they would uh, say the nominees and they'd say Citizen Kane, it got booed. What? At the Oscars. What? Aren't and... the Oscars bunk anyway? Yes, they are. Okay, good. I like your use of the word bunk as well. <laughs> You're rubbing off on me. <laughs> I never say bunk. You've said bunk. Before. What? Yeah. I've never said bunk. Then I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I say crunk all the time. <laughs> and dunk. Crunk, crunk, crunk. I say dunk a good bit. Yeah. 
And hunk. I'm always referring to people as hunks. <laughs> but never bunk. Sorry. No, never bunk. That's where I draw the line. Maybe it's Kim who says bunk. It's probably Kim. Yeah, okay. Kim, do you say bunk a lot? Yeah, let us know. <laughs> I was waiting for her to answer. But that whole uh, narrative that it was hated and now we're smart and love it, that's not exactly what happened. But we'll talk into why it didn't do well, mostly because of lawsuits. Hmm litigious yes because it's partially based on uh what's the guy's name william randolph hearst what's hearst's name the like big bad uh... yeah william randolph hearst yeah so it's kind of based on his life uh-huh. not entirely but it's a story of a wealthy powerful man okay he's the head of the media company hearst hearst yeah but that this is um a play on that so okay. it's not really it's not a biography or anything okay. but Sounds it's good. loosely based on him okay. so there is some stuff like that in here and i chose to do this now because do you remember the last movie i chose edward mm-hmm. edward often called the worst director of all time and made the worst movie of all time in plan nine from outer space and do you remember <laughs> in that movie there's a fictional part where he meets someone right in the bar do you remember that part yes and he meets orson wells right who to ed wood was the greatest filmmaker of all time who had made the greatest film of all time citizen, citizen kane, kane. Oh. so since we were kind of already in that world we have some background knowledge going to what filmmaking entails and how rare it is for one person to write direct and act Right. Direct and act. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Even Orson Welles only did it twice. And he was given a kind of a, not quite a blank check, but he was allowed to do things his way. And he was quite young when he made this movie. I think he was like 26 or something. Oh, wow. And he got to write, direct, act, and made arguably the best movie of all time. Oh, wow. And that's something very special. That's impressive because that's a lot of jobs. And after that, uh, it didn't do as well. And he was never really given the opportunity to do that again. Oh. And very few people are. The only times, well, like uh, with the prequels, they let George Lucas do whatever. And man, you know, it doesn't always go well. Yeah. Star Wars is a really fun story from the first ones chronologically in our world because he wanted to do so many things and because of limitations and because of hiring all these people his own vision got really muddied to the benefit of the movie because those movies are great and then with phantom menace he was allowed to do whatever he wanted and nobody called him on anything and we learned like oh he can't direct people he can direct robots yeah computers (laughs) yeah so when he uh works with people it doesn't go as well Hmm. so Orson Welles, it's uh, really fun to think about his career. And he's not someone that I'm really well versed in. I've only seen a couple of his movies. But he's someone that came from this world of radio, of theater, and was brought into filmmaking when filmmaking wasn't as big, because this is in the early 40s. And big, of course, but maybe not as um, well-known. You don't bring someone into the world of filmmaking anymore, and everyone's talking about, like, oh, did you hear who they're getting to make a movie? Isn't that going to be fun? We don't really do Mm, that much anymore. And that was the case. He was this prodigy from the world of theater and radio, and everyone was really excited to see what he was going to do in the world of film. Hmm. And he made maybe the best movie ever made. Ever. Maybe. 
Yeah. A lot of people think so. I'm excited to see this. So we are going to be watching Citizen Kane from 1941, written, directed, starring Orson Welles. <laughs> and he has that voice like brain from Pinky and the Brain. Mm. So you'll get to hear a lot of that, which is fun. That's exciting. And you can watch this in a number of places. I always say go check out your local library. They should definitely have it. If they don't, tell them to get it and then they'll go get it. You can do that at libraries. Yeah, you can say like, you hey, you request. should have this. And then they go and get that thing. And if you say, uh, this is arguably the best film ever made, they're going to get it. <laughs> so go check it out. You could also view it on Amazon Prime Video if you have that. You can find it at places like the Internet Archive, but not as great of a print. Right. So I would say the Amazon one, or if you can get one of those nice prints from your library. And by print, I know you're not going to get a 35 millimeter reel, but like the Blu-ray or that Criterion DVD, they're all very nice looking. Nice. So go check it out. And I have so much more to say, but why? <laughs> Let's watch the movie Save it and for then next say week. it all yeah. next week. When we talk about men with hats. Yeah. And men Rosebud. Men in black and white. What does Rosebud mean? I could just tell you the, the first scene. Someone says, Rosebud. Now everyone's like, what's that? It starts off with a mystery. That's kind of fun. Oh, that is fun. I like that. I like a good mystery. Yeah. A real thinker. In the past, you told me you don't like real thinkers. No, I'm trying to be more thinkery. More thinky? Yeah. All right. This might be a little thinky. Maybe not that much. <laughs> okay. Well, I look forward to maybe thinking. And for you out there, if you're like, why would I watch this old movie from the 40s? Often regarded as the best film of all time. That's a good reason. And it is a pioneer in a lot of filmmaking techniques. Mm. So we'll talk a bit about that, but we'll mostly talk about like the themes and the story and who was this man who is citizen kane what was rosebud what was it we'll never know oh we might though okay well we may know next week yeah okay <laughs> we'll see everyone next week bye bye everyone whoa my butt is sore <laughs> that is oh. usually what I say. I am going to uh, cut that out and use it in all sorts of things. No. <laughs> so I'll just be like, hi, Samantha, how are you today? And then I'll just put in the... My butt is sore. No. Not granting usage access of that. You don't even listen to the podcast. I could do whatever I want to it. <laughs>